Good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I have a dude on today. I can't wait to hear his story. His name is Peter Kazadoy and I'll be right back and introduce you to Peter. Stay with us. And we're back. I want to welcome Peter to the show. Peter, welcome to the show. How are you, Ken? I need a cool intro video like that. That was awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I've uh, I, I've had some amazing people on the show, man. And you know, I, I've I've done this for about two and a half years now. Interviewed two hundred and seventy plus celebrities and entrepreneurs, and and. Um, Man, I, 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 you know, it's about helping people. That's what this show is about. It's about helping that. people get unstuck. And um, I think we've all been there. Oh, we certainly <laughs> have. I know I have. It's why I wrote a book about uh, getting honest about that. I love that, man. So, so why don't we start with um, you telling? Oh, there's Patricia. You know that that chick, right? <laughs> I absolutely do. What's going on, Patricia? I love her. She's amazing. Amazing. Um, so, so start with where you were born and raised. By the way, there'll be times when when I just do this. I'm still here. So, oh, I like it. that. Your book's in the background. I can love Vanna it. White it. You like that? Love it. Love it. So, talk about where you were born and raised. Happy to. So uh, I grew up outside of Boston, uh, South Shore of Boston. I'm a Bostonian. You wouldn't know it uh, from my lack of accent, but uh, somehow I did not inherit uh, inherit my parents' loss of the R that we are known for up in the Boston area. But uh, yeah, so now uh, I live in Connecticut. Uh, you know, the classic story, boy grows up in Boston, boy meets girl that's out of his league, girl lives, uh, lives in Connecticut, so boy ends up in Connecticut. That is the classic. Yeah, right? you know, I think there's a Disney movie about that or something. <laughs> Connecticut's a nice area. And uh, you know what? I've, I've never been there. I have Connecticut. An, I have an aunt and uncle that that lived in um, Greenwich, Connecticut for like 40 years and we never went and visited them. Ever. So I, I, I live a couple towns up from uh, from Greenwich. And it's oh, nice, you know, yeah, it is. It's a beautiful area down here. I've heard that. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So so um so you but you went to school and high school and all that in, in the Boston area. I did, yes. Yeah. So I went to Milton Academy uh, for high school and then Brandeis University, which is just outside Boston. And then um, after my quarter-life crisis at 30 and after I'd built a million-dollar company, I decided I was stupid and needed to go back again. So I went to get an MBA at uh, Columbia here in, in New York. Wow. And uh, yeah. Wow. That's, that's intense. So, so you, what was your, what was your undergrad in? Uh, economics and Italian studies. Okay. Allora possiamo fare questo in italiano, se vuoi. Exactly. <laughs> I have no idea what you just said. <laughs> I said we could do this in Italian if you'd like. Oh, no, no, we can't. <laughs> it would be a one-way conversation. <laughs> so, so, so you, what, what was, what made you decide to, to, to study that? Yeah, well, so I have family outside of Rome, 
Um, and I ended up living there uh, for part of my junior years. I always wanted to speak another language, so Italian made the most sense to me. And then as far as economics, I've just always been fascinated by business. Um, yeah. you know, I was an econ major, and in every uh, elective class I could take an undergrad, I actually took it at the business school uh, there at Brandeis. And you know what's interesting, I, I've only through the book have been really reflecting on that time in those kind of classes. And what this book comes out of, Ken, and what I was always shocked by was, you know, business classes are very logical, right? It's common yeah. sense, it's spreadsheets, it's revenues and losses, and it's all very logical. And I love that, right? I have a logical sort of brain. No one prepared me for the fact that businesses, right, executive teams, yeah, they don't run on logic. They run on bias and ego and self-limiting beliefs and BS, right? Politics. That was, no one prepared me for that. <laughs> Right. Um, and that's why I ended up writing a book about it because I could not figure out, you know, we, we, over the course of our, you know, tenure, I own a, a marketing agency that ended up on the Inc 5000 list of fastest growing companies for a couple of years in a row. And we had clients in two camps, you know, one uh, took our growth strategies and the insights that came from their own customers and employees, and they just like crushed it and they ran with it and got an incredible ROI and stayed with us for years. And then others like blew up on the launch pad, right? They like couldn't accept the truth, couldn't get out of their own way. And they sort of drifted into oblivion. And I, I, I used to think it was stupidity. You know, yeah. I was like, these people are morons, but that, you know, that was me being a moron because no one <laughs> becomes an executive of a hundred million dollar company who's stupid. Right. Right. What right. I actually ended up deciding was they're not honest, you know, and, and I don't mean deliberately, you know, lying right. to other people, but, but in ways that perhaps we don't even really think about. So, so you, and, and so you built, so you started this company at some point, right? Did you, yeah, right out like, of college. when you got out of college, that's when you started. Yeah, 22, it was 2008, which is, you Dude, know, awesome timing, Peter. Yeah. That was yeah, good time. I I my I formed my LLC in a marketing firm in 2007, so oh, I cool. get it. Yeah. Um yeah, and then one year later the crash happened. I was like, "Wow." So <laughs> So you you went through that that was a tough period, man. I mean, it, it really was. Yeah. It was, for, but I didn't know any different. Like right? I didn't know what good times were. So right. it was sort of like, oh, we're going to operate in this environment. And yeah. because we were a startup, our prices were naturally lower. So, I, you know, all in all, I think we probably net benefited from the fact that it was in an economic meltdown. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I found, I don't know if you found this, but towards the end of the meltdown, companies started scrambling to figure out what they were going to do for, for marketing. Totally. Because realizing, they, oh, we're going to make it. <laughs> right. Right. And they needed to do something, you know, get back yeah, on the train yeah. or else their competitors were going to. So, yeah. Right. So, so you, um, so you, you, you started doing well, it sounds yeah. like. Yeah, we yeah. did. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, do you still have that? Yep. Still mm -hmm. own it. I don't, okay. I never seem to exit companies. I like collect them on a shelf. I think it's a, a, a mental disorder or something that I have. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, still own that agency still enjoy it. Still do, yeah. do great work for clients and yeah. So, um, at what point did you leave Boston and head for Connecticut? What was, yeah, that was, that was towards like my senior year. Um, I had met my now wife, uh, okay. and she lived here in Connecticut and I was like, Connecticut's a real state. I thought that was like a couple exits on the way to see my <laughs> uncle in New York. And I didn't really comprehend. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but again, you know, what was interesting, you know, ser serendipity, I guess is, we ended up starting a company in you know the New Haven area in Connecticut, yeah. and yeah. you know 
on the surface that might seem like, you know, the middle of nowhere. And it was, but for a startup, it was wonderful because we right. didn't have to go compete with massive agencies in Boston or New York. We were able right. to sort of rise up through the ranks very quickly and gain business very quickly. So again, none of that strategic, Ken, I'm not all that smart. Uh, it was more luck than anything, but as I like to remind my clients, there is no substitute for employing luck, especially at the right time. So uh, it, yeah. it's, it's showing up. I mean, right. It's, yep. If you show up, that's half the battle. Oh, it's more than half the battle. Yeah. yeah. I mean, show up. So, so you, and, and as an agency, what did your agency do? What, what like pick a period of time and we started yeah. out in uh, video production. Okay. Uh, immediately went tens of thousands of dollars into debt, having no idea what we were doing and right. um, then started, you know, slowly building a client list. And we started at the bottom. When I say the bottom, like, we were doing $800 television commercials for local car dealers, which is exactly as glamorous as it sounds, Ken. Yeah. And uh, we were wow. able to parlay that into, you know, bigger corporate work. And, and we were getting hired by other agencies, you know, other full service marketing agencies. Yeah. And we decided. Like, wow, you guys are cheap. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, right. Um, and we were good and we hustled. But, yeah. but yeah. what we ended up discovering was that largely they sucked. I mean, they, yeah. they didn't take care of clients. Their strategies weren't any good. They overcharged. They missed deadlines. We were like, we can do that, right? Classic yeah. entrepreneur mindset. We can do that. Yeah. So, so you know, slapped a new logo on ourselves. And we were like, hey, we're a full service marketing agency now. And um, actually, you know, got into a couple pitches and won those pitches and yeah. built from there. And yeah, at our height, we had offices in, you know, three cities and here in the US and in Canada. So yeah, we've definitely, definitely done some, it's been an interesting journey. Let's say that nonlinear, we'll call it. What, what do you think, you know, I, I didn't go to college. My wife went to college. She was global VP of marketing for two different $500 million a year companies. Amazing. And, and, but I didn't go to college. I, I just hustled my face off. And, and, you know, so I'm curious, what do you think, when you got into the real world, <laughs> we'll call it out of, out of college, what do you think you didn't get taught in college that you were like reality slapped you in the face as a business owner, as an entrepreneur? Politics, politics, the soft skills, um, yeah. particularly the soft skills in, in politics. And what I mean by that is there are things that are obviously and honestly correct that yeah. a business should do. And, but because the board member's niece thinks this or that, we're not going to do that. We're going to do this wacky thing that the business has no idea, like no business doing. Right. Right. And the first time I saw it, I was like, wow, what a weird thing, huh? Yeah. Crazy. But then I saw it over and over and over and over in small companies, big companies, fortune 500 companies. As I said earlier, like no one prepared me for that. No one told me that was a thing and no one told me how to deal with it. So as a young 20s, I know I'm right, Peter. I did all the wrong things, like confront them about it and be like, what are you, stupid? I mean, yeah. <laughs> this is very obvious, right? Turns yeah. out people don't like being called stupid. I had to learn that one uh, too. <laughs> so, you know, now I've had to be, you know, honest about, you know, about others. You know, so part of the point I make in the book is sometimes we do need to be honest with people, tell them how it is, right? Be direct. Yeah. Other times we need to be honest about them, you know, about their own mindset, about their own self-limiting beliefs and ego and biases and, and sort of feed them forward into the future that we want um, in a much more gentle and strategic way. And that's why I talk about strategic honesty. Um, now, now, is this, is this in, in the 
bigger companies you're 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 employing these tactics oh, the, the bigger ones are even worse yeah oh i'm Absolutely. i know i but you're like you're you're sitting down going hey you're bored you all have the wrong mindset not not in those words i've used to be a little more uh political about it but uh but yeah you know it's it's things like finding the the real the real power right not always the leader sometimes it's an influential other person um getting to what all their competing interests are and all the conflicts of interest present in the business and like that all of those incredible skills they are so valuable by the way they're translatable from a c-suite to your family and friends, you know, how you resolve interpersonal conflicts, how right. you uh, avoid confronting people and creating conflict, uh, how you help people you care about move a lot, you know, one peg at a time down the, down the rows to help themselves. I mean, that all those sort of skills I had to learn by, you know, going from, you know, Peter's most likely to continue being a jerk, you know, version of myself to someone who understands how to, you know, weaponize honesty and all the ways we're sort of dancing around it and talking about it. So I wish, Ken, that uh, that they had done a better job teaching me that stuff. Now, I have to say, um, you know, at, at Columbia Business School, we had quite a few courses in that, you know, how yeah. to act politically in order to uh, to get ahead in the workplace. It's it's important. Yeah. Now, it's it's a shame we have to do that, right? It's a shame yeah. people aren't more honest about themselves, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I probably shouldn't listen to my 15-year-old niece's idea of what my Fortune 500 company should do. That's uh, pretty stupid, but that's not the way the world works. Yeah. Well, and I, I think, you know, again, I think that there's, there's Gary V talks about, about that, that there's, you know, the younger generation actually has a lot of great ideas, but absolutely like, you have to filter, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. you, have, you have to filter. But so, so with, with the, um, I, I guess it, it, I, I can't picture you sitting in a boardroom at a, at a, at a big conference table going, I, I just can't see you say, Hey, you guys, you guys have the, the wrong energy here. You're not being honest with, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine having that conversation. I have that conversation with individual small business owner clients, but it's a lot different when you're talking about fortune 500 companies. Yeah, it is. And then, you know, none of it, it has to be done very carefully. And I'm, I'm not going to stand here and say like, I have the magic formula because it, yeah. it depends on what the, the channels are. One of the reasons Ken, that I have become, you know, an author of a book and doing much more kind of consulting work is it was very frustrating to come in as the marketing agency already too late because yeah. the executive team had already decided on X, Y, and Z. And we could see clear as day because we do a lot of work with focus groups and interviews with their frontline employees and customers, who, by the way, always know the truth, right? And always know what's yep. going on. Yeah. We saw it clear as day that what they were doing was not going to work, you know, right. that they needed to make X pivot or Y <clears throat> choice. And um, it was too late. You know, my hope with this is I get into more situations where a, uh, you know, uh, self-aware group of executives says, you know what, maybe we should have this guy in tell, you know, call us on our BS and see where maybe we may not be listening in the right ways to what our own customers are saying. And that's the point, Ken, like, yeah. this isn't about what I think, what I think is irrelevant, what you think is irrelevant, what the executives think is irrelevant, although they have trouble hearing that sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It only matters what the customers and I would say even more importantly, the frontline employees 
are saying. And so many of the companies I profile and the leaders of interviews in this book, like the Ritz-Carlton and Quicken Loans, they really deeply understand who has the power in their organization. And it's always the frontline people who really deeply understand. They're the bridge between yep. the customers and the rest of the company. I think uh, I'm, I'm popping some comments up. I asked my clients how honest they want me to be with them. Do they want me to be direct or do they want me to withhold the truth? I love that. No, Charles is absolutely right. We need to ask permission <clears throat> to yeah. be honest and to use honesty. And what's yeah. curious, what I'd be curious about with Charles, you know, with my experience doing this, no one ever chooses not honesty, right? They, have, <laughs> yeah, they always well, say, I no, do. no, I can handle it. I can handle it. But they've psychologically prepared themselves to handle it. And that's more than half the battle. So that's excellent. Yeah. I, you know, I, a long time ago, I sold um, bathroom remodeling for this giant company. And I'm, I meet this guy at his house and, and he's a psychiatrist. And he says, um, so what's your best price? And I said, I just gave it to you. It's like $4,500. And he goes, mm -hmm. that's not your best price. I said, yes, it is. He said, you're lying. I said, how dare you? I'm, I'm not lying. And I got all pompous. And, and he's like, it's, it's okay. It's, it's seriously, it's okay. Everybody lies. And, and I go, well, I'm not lying. <laughs> he goes, yeah, you are. And it's, it's okay. I want you to know it's okay. I go, dude, I'm not a liar. Stop calling me a liar. And I got really pissed off and I'm like, what are you talking about, man? I'm not like, and he's like, look, if every person on this planet told themselves the truth about everything going on around them, we would all instantaneously go stark raving mad. We, we would melt down. Yeah, 100%. Right? So yeah. so I, it is what level of honesty do you do you really want, right? Mm -hmm. it, I, I, I think that because, again, you've seen this. Companies, especially small business owners, but but companies walk around literally lying to themselves totally. about what's happening. Totally. And it, Warren Buffett has a name for this. He calls it the institutional imperative. And, you know, one of the reasons he and Charlie Munger have been successful is they've been aware of it, which is 75% of, of solving it and try to, to build buffers against investing in companies, you know, that, yeah. that end up in that direction. And I used to think I was crazy until I actually, you know, read, read that from Warren. Um, and it was like, oh, okay, guess it's not just me. This is a real thing. You raise a great point, Ken, about what lying does for us. And it really is a means of psychological protection. Yep. And there's a very good, you know, evolutionary reason we have that. And I'm not disputing that at all. All I'm saying is that our lies box us in yep. and can sometimes prevent us from understanding what's true, who we really are, what we really want, what it's really going to take to get there and achieving results. This is not, this is, you know, the number one new business ethics book on Amazon, but it's not an ethics book. It, it is a, how do we, ach we achieve results? And we cannot achieve results if we're lying to ourselves about the very fundamental things that we're trying to achieve. That's right. the point. Right. Right. I love that. So, um, what you don't look very old. <laughs> Thank you. I feel old. <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Um, so it's all so those figure skating days. It damages the body, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I'm, uh, I, I just turned 52 recently, man. I'm like, I can't even, can't even believe I'm 52, but so, so you, you, you went along this path for 
how many years before you wrote this book? Because I know the book just recently came out, correct? Yeah, it did yesterday. Um, yesterday? So, yesterday. Yeah, oh that's God. why I said it's the number one new release uh, on, in two categories on Amazon. I'm super proud to say. Wow, um, dude. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That's thank huge. you. Huge. So for those of you out there that find all this interesting, please go buy a copy. Week one uh, sales really matter to help propel this and, and get it out in the world. I, I'm an Amazon influencer. So um, I'm going, I can add it to my my bookstore on my Amazon store. And you're, I'm my gonna, new, you're my new best friend. We're breaking down walls with honesty, man. I love it. Yeah. Plus I, I, I'm, a, I'm an Amazon live influencer. I can live stream directly on Amazon. But let me, I'm going to find your book here and- awesome. um, Thank you. And create a link for it. What's and the title you're... of it again? I apologize. Oh, good. Honest, Honest to, to greatness. To greatness. Thank you. You got Honest. it. So while you're doing that, yeah. um, I'll, I'll tell the story of how, how I, I wrote the book. I, I never actually set out to write about, speak about, or frankly, even care about honesty. Um, you know, th this was supposed to be a marketing book. Yeah. It, it was my agent who looked at it and said, uh, you know, as soon as he signed me, you know, by the way, this isn't about marketing. It's about, you know, honesty on a grander scale. And I said, well, clearly you didn't even read the front page of the proposal then because there's nothing to do with that. Um, you know, talk about self-limiting, uh, you know, blind spot there. So once I took a look, I was like, holy crap, he's right. I mean, this is much bigger than just, you know, how do we communicate as an organization? It's how do we communicate as people? What do we believe about ourselves and about success and results and, and what it takes uh, to be us in, in you know, the greatest sense of the word? So uh, ironically, Ken, you know, I became very good at helping uh, leaders and organizations see where they were lying to themselves. Mm -hmm. Then I turned uh, 30. This was terrible. I, you said you were 50 something. So you, this has happened to you. What a terrible thing to have happen. I don't know how you survived it. I barely survived it. Um, and <laughs> what, you know, what turning 30, turning 30. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was terrible. I just, you know, full on quarter life crisis. And for the first time I realized that I had, uh, I had had two big failures as a teenager. You know, one, I, I did not, uh, end up making the Olympics as a figure skater, as a very highly trained figure skater that, you know, Olympic aspirations that wow. did not happen. Um, the other thing I was sure would happen is, is I was going to Harvard. Um, and, uh, I applied to Harvard. Harvard sent me a nice letter back saying, thank you, but no, thank you. Please do not come to Cambridge. And, um, and it was devastating. And wow. what happened was, you know, fast forward 12 years, I had built a million dollar company. Life looked, you know, fine to the outward eye. But I realized that I had begun accepting like second and third best Peter. Like, well, obviously I wasn't going to have first best Peter. That ship has sailed. So all those big dreams I had done, not even going to try. And when I turned 30, that all came sort of crashing down on me. And ironically, I had to get honest with myself about what big goals I even had that I had forgotten about. And one of them was being an author, writing a book. And it's in, I am an author. It's in my DNA. And, and what I want everyone else out there to think about while I'm saying that is, who are you? What is in your DNA that you have denied yourself? Because from that moment forward, you know, it's not never just writing a book. It's all the things that come with that. I mean, it, it's all the relationships I've had to build and not, you know, getting Barbara Corcoran to, to, you know, say this book is awesome and getting the wow. amazing Sharon Lecter, uh, you know, the co-author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad to write. Sharon, my forward. Sharon's a friend of mine. I love Sharon. Amazing woman, amazing yeah, leader. She is. And you know what, what's interesting about honesty is it's never just, binary or linear. You know, once I got honest about what I wanted, all these new branches opened up and I, and that's that to me solidified, crystallized yeah. what honesty can do, not only for your business but also for for your personal life. 
Wow. So this, so you had, a, I, I don't, I didn't have a breakdown at 30, really. I mean, Lucky. I, my story is way different, though, but I, I, I'm a recovered alcoholic. So at 34 is when I got sober. So 30 was about when I lost my multi-million dollar company I built from nothing. And, wow. and then uh, 34, I finally went, wait. Maybe, maybe alcohol is a problem. So I, I get it right around that period of time. Things are, you know, I mean, you're really, what's interesting to me, and I, I don't know if you'll, you'll agree with this or not. Uh, and how old are you now? 34. 34. So in your, and you may look back on this when you're 52 and go, oh yeah. Um, I think around 30 ish is when you start coming into adulthood. Totally. <laughs> I, I really do. I don't think our 20, I mean, we're, we're sending kids off to die in wars at 18 years old that are kids. And, totally. and, you know, at 20 in your twenties, I think you're still trying to find your, your, uh, what's, what's the word? Your comeuppance. Yeah. <laughs> you I know, totally like, agree with that. Totally. Yeah. So, I wouldn't have believed that if you had told me at 26, by the way, I would have told right. you to go after yourself, but you're, like, you're right. <laughs> That's true, right? Because yep. we know everything. Yep, we know everything. And I, I think that if you have the, the right chip on your shoulder, and you can really you can really do something in your 20s and 30s. Like you yep. can really do some cool stuff. So mm -hmm. um, so at around so what you were how old when you decided to write that book? When you made the been, you were 30. Yeah, it's been four years. And it just released yesterday. Four years. Wow. Yep. Good for you, dude. Thank good you. for you, man. I didn't release my first book till I was 47. So good for you. Wow. That's, Thank you. That's awesome. And you're number one best-selling author now. That's that's awesome. It's exciting. It's exciting. That is awesome. So what what um what do you hope? What's the premise of the, the book overall? What's the overarching <clears throat> message? And what is it that you hope people will gain? Because I just, I created the link. It's up on, in the chat for Thank everybody you. to go grab a copy of it. Um, and I make like 15 cents every time you buy it from my link. So go, go grab a copy. Um, but, but what, what do you hope that people are going to gain from this book after they, they put it down and go, wow. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the macro and then the micro, right? Yeah. So on the macro scale, what we have now, Ken, look around at our society, right? It's not sustainable, okay? The way we have politicians lying and private sector CEOs lying and scandal after scandal and we don't know who to trust and should I wear a mask and nobody knows and it's not sustainable, right? The only way out is going to be to level with people to be honest and transparent, and to use that to rebuild the trust we've lost as a society. That is the only way. Yeah. By the way, CEO after CEO in my book that decided to do that, decided to just give it all up and be honest and transparent, yeah. ended up crushing it because it's not that hard. If you and I get into a conflict, you're going to come to me and say, you know, Peter, what? I'm sorry, I wronged you. You know, I really owe you an apology and I'm gonna work to fix it and here's what I'm gonna do. That's how we humans interact with each other. So we need more of that at, at the level of society. And by the way, the reason why we have all these scandals and scandalous headlines is because everyone knows the truth. They're gonna figure it out anyway. Everyone has a smartphone. Something somewhere is being recorded. And so you know, in that environment, we need to ask ourselves, like, is it really gonna continue to pay to do anything but be honest and transparent if we're gonna find out anyway? 
okay? So that's the premise on a macro level of the book. And on a micro level, I want people to realize, like the very first chapter of my book says, fraud is our fault. Every time that people embrace a self-limiting belief that's not even true, or absorb a scandalous headline that's not true without questioning it, or read Great Aunt Betty's Facebook post and react emotionally instead of asking thoughtful questions, we empower fraud. We empower this entire system to continue to perpetuate BS. And it's yeah. very, very harmful. And until we can recognize in ourselves how our own micro lies actually prevent us from being honest, right? And how our own reactive primitive brains make things worse for ourselves and others, then we're going to continue to sit in our pile of crap and not actually get out of it and move forward to empower ourselves and empower others. And just to, to put icing on this can, I want to give everyone two questions that I want everyone to embrace. These are very, very important. Number one, is that true? And number two, how do I know? Whether it's a headline on the nightly news or your aunt's Facebook post or a thought you have in your head, just pause and ask, is that even true? And how do I know? Because most often we will find that the things we think and see and hear and feel, they're not even true to begin with. Right. So, you know, let, let's wake up. I, I And I, dude, I preach about this on, on live streams and posts and, and, and that is turn the news off. The news is literally, they make a living lying to you. Yes, like, it's an entertainment show, news it's entertainment. It's all BS. Like, just yeah. stop watching it. And, oh, but Fox News or CNN, no, they're all full of crap, man. They're all full of crap. The only way they sell more advertising is if they get you fired up and watching them, and that's it. Yep, it's con it's there's an inherent conflict of interest. By yep. the way, there are inherent conflicts of interest all over the place. And unless we as consumers are honest about those and stop clicking the headlines and stop watching, then they're going to continue to do it. That's yep. their profit incentive. Yeah. Wow. Dude, that's that's incredible. So so the macro one more time, macro overview is is we live in a very transparent world. You know, you look at the horrendous murder of George Floyd, right? Why was that so incendiary? Because we all saw it with our yeah. own eyes. And we are going to continue to live in a world in which we can all see it with our own eyes. And in that world, just be honest and transparent. Otherwise, you're going to get caught. Amen. What and and so now on the the micro level, what what's this what's this book going to help? How's it going to help people on on the micro level? Totally, yeah. So I so let's talk about professional and then personal, right? So on the professional mm -hmm. side, I have chapters in here for if you're a CEO leading a massive company, if you're a middle manager, if you're a frontline employee, if you're an entrepreneur, because how you weaponize honesty to achieve results is a little different depending on where in an organization you are. And right. so they take slightly different techniques and strategies. And I literally lay out all of those techniques and strategies in the book. By the way, on my website, honesttogreatness.com, there's a free 21-question honesty quiz you can take to tell you your honesty leadership profile. And when you take that quiz, I send you the workbook that accompanies this so you can literally read and do the exercises side by side and make those changes. And it is entirely possible to transform your organization, whether you are a frontline employee or a middle manager or the big boss or the entrepreneur, whatever, it doesn't matter. 
on the personal side, Ken, what I've found is that these techniques, you know, honest strategies, like the two questions I just told you about earlier, like yep. the feed, like a feed forward technique that I talk about in the book. There's so many techniques that we can use to immediately disarm conflicts, to get deeper, more vulnerable and closer relationships with our friends and family. I've used this, these techniques to improve my marriage. I mean, mm. really, it, on, if, if honesty is the best policy, then it needs to work universally. And guess yeah. what? It does. And I teach people how to apply the, all those techniques and more to your personal life, your professional life, your family life. I mean, let's, let, let me give you an example, right? We're living in a pandemic. We're living yep. in a pandemic where you probably have friends and family members who have different opinions on whether we should socially distance and wear masks and who to trust in the media and whatever. If we're going to be honest about what helps people change, let's talk about what doesn't help people change, which is assaulting their ego and the decisions that they've come to. Telling yeah. your friends they're stupid for not wearing a mask, it doesn't work. <laughs> we need to be much more honest about what does work, like just yeah. stopping and asking people, hey, how are you coming to those conclusions? Help me understand what data you're looking at. Let's have a, a conversation, come to some common ground. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. All of that is a much more honest approach to people, their egos, their belief systems, and how we come to a place where we can actually institute change without yelling at each other. It doesn't right. work. There's a, an old saying that I've said many times, and that is a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. I, I love that. And, and it's like, I, I, I mean, I have an opinion and most people that know me know my opinion. I don't wear a mask. And, and, you know, again, I don't get on and I don't care. Like, Hey dude, you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You don't want to, I don't care because here's the thing. It doesn't affect my life in any way, in any way. I work from home. I rarely leave home. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't care if you're, I don't care. Like, and I think that people, this is something I learned a long time ago. And I think you'll agree that the more I'm focused on what other people are doing wrong or doing right or doing different, or the less I'm able to focus on what I need to do to improve myself and my life. Well, that's exactly it. No one seems to have listened to Michael Jackson's song, Man in the Mirror. Um, right. There is only one person we can control and change, and that's us. That's it, it. One of the most honest techniques I've used to transform my own life and personal relationships is just assuming fault. You know, yeah. I, I literally, there was a point in time like 10 years ago where I was like, you know what? I'm going to pretend in this personal relationship that everything, every conflict is my fault. I know it's not. I know it's them. But I'm just going to pretend. Yep. Turns out, Ken, it was my fault. So right. <laughs> by adopting that, you know, being willing to open up my blind spot and consider yeah. what might be in it was transformative. You know, you talked about alcoholism earlier, right? Lying to ourselves in, in yeah. all these small ways, it's a habit. It's an addiction. The only way to break that is to be aware and what? Admit we have a problem. That's step one. I have an acronym for you and you can use this. I didn't come up with, it's not, I didn't originate it, but okay. I'm not, maybe you've heard it. Maybe it's in your book, but it's, it's denial and denial is an acronym for don't even notice I am lying. Oh, I love that. I wish I had known that. I would have put it in the book. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that great? But that's, you know, that's from recovery, but, but the, you know, again, 
I completely agree with you. I talk about this often. I talk about being transparent and open. I don't like, like, look, man, I, I I'm doing a show at 1215 where I'm being interviewed on this show. And, and, and it's like the whole show is about, do you need a formal education to make it in life? And, and, you know, he wants my opinion. I dropped out of high school in 12th grade and said, I'm out of here and then went and made more money than any teacher in that school the following year. So, of course, you know, it's it, but it is about, it is about becoming educated because at 2021, I was like, Oh God, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I, I need to read. I wake up every day thinking that Ken about myself. <laughs> yeah, right. But no, I mean, you know, reading is I have, uh, I, my desk is stacked with books and books mm. and I'm always reading, always trying to figure out, you know, get the, not the upper hand on, on competition or anyone else, but get the edge for myself. Like get the learn insight. More. Yeah. The right, insight. Right. So that's why, like, I can't wait to read your book. I'm going to get your book. I, I can't wait to read it. And, and sometimes, and my buddy Grant Cardone talks about this. Sometimes it's just the title alone. The title of a book alone, when you're holding it, you're looking at it, you read the first few pages even, sometimes you're like, boom, there's my million dollar idea. Another right perspective, there. absolutely. That That's that's why I read, man. I'm always looking for a way to, to get to the next level. So I encourage everybody to go get your book. How much is it? I didn't even look. 26, 26.95, something like that. It, so it's a hard hardback. Hardcover. Yeah, hardcover's hard cover. out. Okay. Audio book yeah. will be a couple months. Um, awesome. Yeah, hardcover. Hardcover really helps people. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what that's what publishers care about. And, yeah. um, you know, these are bestseller lists. They're tracking hardcover. So yeah. it'll, it'll look nice on any kitchen table. That's nice. Yeah, I love that, man. Let me see. The, here, let's put that full screen. How today's greatest leaders use brutal honesty to achieve massive success. I freaking love that, man. So I, something that that um, I'd like to ask you about, you know, you, you talked about figure skating. Yeah. And I've never had a figure skater of any gender on the show. So I'm, I'm aware of. And, and so we kind of skated right past that. Nice. I see <laughs> um, what you did there. Pun, yeah. <laughs> pun intended. Um, but let's talk about that because that's not something. Um, I mean, if you were, it sounds like you were on a pretty high level. I was. With yeah, that. was for ranked first in New England for a couple of years in a row. Wow. Um, a lot of great lessons came out of that. Um, met my wife through fish. She's a fellow figure skater. I'm way over chick. She's way better than I'm never would have gotten a girl like her without figure skating. That's the good thing about it. Wow. Um, and I have to tell you, Ken, after you fall on your ass alone on the ice in front of 3000 people wearing tights, nothing else is challenging. <laughs> nothing else is difficult. Like that's doesn't get uh, more difficult than that. Oh my God. Thanks. I just got that whole visual. You're so, welcome. so where where did that start? Though? You had to have started early. Three, yeah, three years old. So, um, wow. my my mother, bless her, wanted us, uh, my sister and I, to do everything. 
we were in figure skating, we were in musical theater, we were in skiing. I'm actually as good of a skier as I am a figure skater, uh, swimming. I mean, you name it, we did it. And that was fantastic because it gave me a lot of different, uh, you know, skills to learn and build. Um, we were, I, wow. I was a professional actor. I've voiced over radio and done TV commercials and voiced over video games and cool stuff like that. All of those things had a performance element which is great for, you know, now look, I can speak to you, I'm, you know, yeah, somewhat yeah. intelligible, I hope. And, uh, you know, to have some sort of stage presence, right. You know, doing a TEDx talk, not that hard after I've done all those other, you know, performance oriented things. Right, right. It was also really good, Ken, and, and I'll get honest and vulnerable with you for a, for a moment because I had different social groups. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't right. The, five foot seven redheaded male figure skater, not exactly a prototype for popularity in high school. So, you know, I had friends, but I wasn't, you know, crazy popular, but at the rink, I had a different social group at the you know theater. I had a different social group and that really helped build confidence because I could be popular in some of those groups, uh, yeah. which I think is really valuable. And if I have kids and I might, I might not, we'll see. That is something I would, I would actively look to make sure they have the opportunity to have different social groups and, and learn from all those dynamics and, and, you know, have that strengthen their social skills. Was there any, was there any, and I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not, cause I don't know any figure skaters. Um, was there any kind of stereotypes though that went with it that you oh, of course. experienced? I mean, yeah, of course. I was called gay from, you know, the time people knew what that word meant. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it was just, but I, I was never not confident. I always had the most beautiful girls at the at the school dances. <laughs> My wife's in the next room. I hope she's not overhearing this. Um, there was never any. There were never any other girls. Uh, that's what I. That's what, um, <laughs> right. So, <laughs> um, so not, yeah, there's no way she's naive. Yeah. No. No. Definitely not. No. Um, so you know, over time, I, I learned to cope with that and deal with that. I mean, that's one of the things that I, I struggle with. Hearing people cling to their past and oh, I was bullied, and it's like. We're yeah. all bullied. We're yeah. all bullied. I mean, come on now, you know? Yeah. So I think we need to overcome that. And I think we can't succumb to being victims, even if we were, because back to what you and I were saying about, you know, let's get honest with ourselves. No one's coming to pick us up. You know, right. we need to pick ourselves up. We have control over that. One thing, there's very little in life we do have control over, but we do have control over that. So who cares? You know, let's just get, get ourselves up and go. None of those things need to define us. They don't. You're right, man. I love that. I I I think um, you know. I had Andy Frisella on the show. Who's cool. the the you know who he is? I know of him. Yeah. And I said, I mean, he's doing three four hundred million a year now. And I said, <laughs> I said, you know, I said, dude, you've got this insatiable like drive and this this hunger for success, and and it's it's evident for anybody watching you. What do you think? What do you think pushes you? What is that? What's the the ingredient that's 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 pushing you? And he goes, honestly, it was because I was effed with my whole life and picked on as a kid so much and bullied that I was I got a big chip on my shoulder yep. and it was like I'm going to prove all you. I won't I won't say what he said, but <laughs> <laughs> wrong, right? Yeah, that's and, exactly and, how I feel. And, right, that's that. So it's it, it, I think that too many people. Peter, I think too many people like use that as an excuse, as a crutch, as a, yep. like you were saying, right? Mm -hmm. And it's damaging. a lot of people use it as fuel. And yep. it sounds like that's what you've done. Yeah. A hundred percent. I was exactly that mindset. Oh yeah. I'll show you guys. <laughs> yeah. So yeah.
That's awesome, dude. So, so you, um, so you've got this book out. When's the next book coming out? Good question. Um, I was talking about that to my wife actually, because this was so exhausting. It was so, it was so much of a soul searching exercise. And that surprised me. You know, I edited the book and the book edited me and I wasn't prepared for that. That was really interesting. Um, you know, it's like my, my innermost thoughts are now flapping in the wind for everyone to read. Right. So, um, it was, a really exhilarating process. I loved it. I do already know what I want my next book to be about, yeah. but I think I need to take like at least a year before I even start on the next one um, and see how this does. Cause if this doesn't do well, then my publisher is going to be like, good job, Peter. No, no, we don't want your next one. You're good. Yeah. Don't call yeah. us. We'll call you. So we'll see. Well, there's a gazillion publishers, but the, so, so if you like now, is that out on Kindle as well? This is, yeah, ebook and hardcover. Um, okay. And then, yeah, audiobook. We just uh, are about to sign the rights to that, and that should be out in about two months or so. That's awesome. Dan says, ice skaters aren't snowflakes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dan. I think that was a compliment. I'm not sure. Thank you, Dan, either way. <laughs> I think Dan just bought your book, too. So I Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. it. We have somebody from France joining us. Rodolphe, how you doing? Bonjour. So, ça va. Oh, geez. What was that? Was that French? French. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my wife speaks fluent French. So wow, cool. Yeah. See, that's one of the benefits of going to college is you can learn other languages. <laughs> there are ways to learn that don't involve college. So I know. I good. know. So um, wow, man. So what's what's coming up next for you? Any anything coming down the pike that, that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, I, I'd like to talk about my my passion project that I'm really this year going to start focusing on on growing and scaling which is my forum group for entrepreneurs. It okay. is, Ken, the most powerful peer group on the planet for business founders. Actually, Patricia, who introduced us, is in my forum, so she can tell you independently whether I'm, I'm over-exaggerating this or not. But essentially, I, I built a, a group. I have a couple forums now. And we get together once a month on Zoom. It follows a very specific format. Yeah. And with 100% confidentiality, we bring to the table what is really happening honestly happening in our business life, personal life and family life. Because if we're honest, Ken, 99% of our business problems are personal problems in disguise. And unless we get aware of that and then have an open forum to come and put those things on the table and understand in our own minds where the connections are, you know, is it a sales problem? No, it's a confidence problem, right? Unless we figure that out, we can't get to the root cause and solve it. So it is literally a life-changing program. I have a couple forums up and running now. And my goal is to help at least a thousand entrepreneurs over the next couple of years, get forum trained and use the strategies of honesty in that program to transform not only their businesses, but also their lives. It's been life-changing for me. It's, I mean, look at Patricia, been life-changing yeah. for her. So it, it, it is, it is as just as powerful as I'm advertising. I'm the honesty guy. So hopefully that carries with it a little, little weight and honesty, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm really excited about. So is, is this like a, is it a, like a mastermind group then, or it's uh, way deeper than that, way deeper than that, you know, and and it's a very, it's not like, let's sit around, like figure out, you know, what problem we want to solve today. It is a very specific, like everyone comes to forum, they report out their last 30 days across business, personal and family. Um, And then we share, you know, the best needs that we all have and the leads, the things in our life that are really transforming us. And again, 
you know, it's hundred percent confidential. So yeah. people get to bring to forum things that they aren't even telling their spouse or their business partner or, you know, the, the real stuff. And it's amazing, Ken, what we can do when we admit to ourselves by admitting to others what's really going on. Wow. Um, and it's just such a testament to the fact that, you know, and I hear this all the time, right? People get into forum and they're like scared and then they start sharing and they're like, they get on a call with me and they're like, Peter, I've not even admitted that to myself. And now that I have, I know exactly what to do about it. Yeah. It's not the figuring out what to do about it that's hard. It's the admitting, uh, admitting it to yourself in the first place. Just fascinating and, and life-changing. Dude, this is so like that. Wow. And, and is there, this is right up like this, that's the same. I mean, you can go to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and do the same thing. <laughs> right. We know the format works, right? right. right. The, thing oh, about, it does. the thing about getting honest with yourself is you can't do it alone. If you could, we'd all be reaching ever higher levels of our own awareness all the time. All the time. We don't because we already think we're aware. You know, yeah. That's the trick. So until you get into a group that forces it out of you in a safe yeah. space, very important, yeah. safe space, it, you've been through AA. You know how powerful it is. 18 years now. 18 Amazing. Years, Congratulations. So. That's fantastic. Thanks, I, I'm, I, you know, I think that, the, and, and that's one of the things that I learned in recovery is, is, you know, I can be honest with you. Right. And, and I can be, I can, and, but being honest with me is the hardest form it is for anyone. Totally. Absolutely. It's the hardest form of honesty that anyone will ever be confronted with is yep. looking in the mirror and going, this is my defect and this is what I need to fix. This is what I need to face. So, so what is there? A, is there a a cost associated with this? An investment in the forum? Yep, yep there is, um, okay. and it's monthly and it's month to month. Okay. What I ask Ken is that people give me three months to change their life, and if I don't change their life in three months, I'm just going to give them their money back. Wow, yep. wow, that's how impactful this program is. Because how many people are in this program uh, right now? I think we have twenty in two groups. Little less than twenty. Oh, so you separate them in smaller groups. Yeah, it has to be less than ten in a group. Otherwise, yeah. it's 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 too much. Doesn't work. That's yeah. why, like, all these like join my thousand person Facebook group and we're going to change our lives. It's it's not a thing. It's not possible. <laughs> you know, you need to get because you need to build. This is about building. You know, deep relationships. I mean, people call. I have stories now of you know forum members will call me and say like, Peter, you know, because I got into a forum and I was introduced to all these people and they know my personal life, I was able to call them at eleven o'clock at night. And ask them, hey, you know, I'm having this problem. Do you mind sharing a, an experience with me that you've had? And invariably, it's like, oh, yeah, we've been through that, too. You know, people go uh, take wow. presentations to form, right? So we have a the first half is reporting out your month. And the second half, somebody will make a deep dive presentation. Yeah. And invariably, they'll share something that they thought only they were struggling with. Everybody else is like, oh, yeah, no, I went through a similar thing. And this is exactly what I did. And this is what happened. This is what I wish I had done. And, you know, not only do they get all those actionable insights, right? Very different than advice. Advice is like, you should do that. So, well, does it work? I don't know, right? If I share my experience, you know what happened, you know, if it's effective or not. But also what happens is they say, wow, I never even realized that other people had this problem too. That's incredible, right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't know that unless you share it. So true, man. How do you get people though? Um, and, and, and maybe, maybe you don't in some cases, how do you get people to open up that, that, because I've seen it, I, right. I I've mm -hmm. sponsored guys that like, they won't get honest. 
And I have a friend that had the, has this saying, and I love this, and you might, you might want to use this. I'm only as honest as my dishonesty allows me to be. Yeah. Totally. Right. So how do you get people to open up that normally won't? Well, you raise, you raise a very interesting point that's been brought up to me, which is that a book like this is self-selection, right? The people who will pick this up inherently believe that honesty is a good thing. That they need to get honest with themselves right. that they want. Right. The people who really need to be honest with themselves, they're not even going to pick up the book. They think they already are. Right. So it's the same thing with forum. I, I, I can't think of the last time I've gotten an application and gotten on a call where the person wasn't like, okay, yeah, I get it. Confidential space, vulnerability, honesty. Like I want to be a better me. I want to invest in myself. I want to be an, a more empowered and more self-aware leader. So it's a lot of it's self-selection, you know, and those folks have transformations because I give them the opportunity and because they are psychologically predisposed to it. You know, right. that's the thing I love about forum. It's not me. I'm not your guru. Like right. you are your own guru. I'm just giving right. you the, the platform, the space. Yeah. Dude, that's that's awesome, man. That is that's awesome. I love I love it. So how would if somebody want is that through your website, honesttogreatness.com? Yep. Yep. Go to honesttogreatness.com. You click on uh, coaching up in the navigation. You can read about uh, my forum program, my B2B boot camp program for B2B entrepreneurs. And uh, mm -hmm. of course, I do a lot of one on one work as well uh, for people yeah. who want you know more of a custom program. So, yeah, check them out. Dude, that's that is that's incredible. And to have Patricia on here going off the rails about <laughs> she loves it she it loves is that it. good that's awesome man well peter i appreciate you coming on is there is where, where's the best place for anyone to follow you on social media yeah so uh you know i'm the worst millennial ever but i am begrudgingly on all the socials uh and that's at peter cosadoy as you see right there and uh, I'm probably most active on Instagram. If you want to come follow me over there, especially for this week is book launch week. So doing a lot of fun stuff. And uh, if you love the book, please leave a review on Amazon. And if you hate the book, please leave a review on Amazon. That's the thing about writing a book about honesty. You get to be honest about it. Um, maybe I, maybe we it. should do maybe we should do a um, Amazon live talking about your book directly to Amazon's 150 million customers. That sounds great, Ken. We should do that. Well, are you free in an hour? No. <laughs> yeah. I'm book crazy today, but um, maybe we should look at that here here in the next couple of days. What is today? Wednesday. Let's do it. Yeah, this yeah. we're still in week one, so that would be awesome. Yeah, let's 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 talk about that after after we're done here. Cool. Um, so listen, I appreciate it. I want everybody to jump. Look, I put the link in the comments. Just jump over, grab a copy of the book. And, and, it, it, you know, here's the thing, man, I think, and, and people need to hear this honesty, getting honest with yourself and reading a book about getting honest with yourself will be the number one most impactful thing that you can ever do with your life. I promise ever. you ever promise you. And, and, but, but the problem is, is people that won't buy it are the same people, same kind of people that are like, maybe, um, narcissist, right? Like you can't cure narcissism. Did you know that there's no cure for narcissism <laughs> because it's like, it's inherently it's, it's the, it's, it goes against the exact nature of the disease. So right. like it's, it's, I'm telling you, so, so grab a copy of this book, change your life with it, read it, read it, read the book. Let me, let me go full screen. So we hold that up just a little bit. So it's in, nope, back, back it off a little. 
There you go. So we get the whole book in there. So go get a copy, Honest to Greatness by I'm, I'm, I, Peter Kazadoy, Koz, right? You got it. You nailed Kozidoy. it. Kazadoy. Jeez. Um, I, I, I'll get it. I'll, I'll memorize your last name. So, Peter, <laughs> thank you for being on. I appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who's been on here. Thanks for sharing this out. I appreciate all of you, and I'm sure Peter appreciates it as well. I sure do. Stay with me. We'll be right back. I'll talk to you here in just a minute. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Thanks for being honest.